Let us pray. Breathe in us, Holy Spirit. Let us sense your power at work among us, through us. Let us be one in you, as you, O God, are one. And let us live as your new creations in Christ. Amen. Uh, An encouraging reminder that I received this week was to be fully present, which includes my body. So I'm inviting you to be here in body, mind, and spirit. And to that end, feel your feet on the floor if that's possible. It's not always for me. Uh, Feel grounded. I invite you to take some breaths. Take a deep breath from the bottom of your belly through the middle of your torso, up into your chest, and back out through your chest, your middle, emptying out, even pulling your belly button to get all the air out. And let's take some breaths like that together. I encourage you to return to this kind of breathing whenever you notice yourself becoming tense or maybe getting a little bit too much in your head. Isaiah's vision, this powerful encounter with the Creator, is the kind of experience we remember in our body. It's, and, and the things that we know to be true in that kind of encounter sometimes are hard to describe later in words. The, the unspeakable wonder that Isaiah is experiencing, the majesty, the glory of God. He's struggling to give us some sense of what he's, what he's experiencing in this encounter with the Divine One. I mean, the scale itself, just the scale is enough to realize that something really uh, shaking is happening. The hem of God's robe, Isaiah sees the Lord up on a throne, and, and just to give us a sense of the scale, he's trying, to, he's trying to describe something that will let you know how huge this is. So it's, it's as if he said, when he says the hem, it's like the little hem on the bottom of the robe fills the entire temple. So it's like saying, God, I saw God up high and the, the very little bottom of the robe of his robe or her robe filled the entire, like a stadium, like a huge stadium. But not only that, but God is attended by praise. God is attended by these creatures, these huge winged creatures that have six wings and they're covering their faces and they're covering their feet and they're flying and they're calling out, Holy, 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 the Lord of all of the angel armies, the whole earth is full of your glory. And they're continuing in their praise. So God is surrounded by praise continually. And Isaiah suddenly knows that he should not be witnessing this. And he's overwhelmed with both the majesty and his own unclean lips. 
and his community's inadequacy to stand before this completely other and glorious one. And he's undone. Well, if you'll come with me as I risk a bit of testifying, I feel like I can relate, give or take, I can relate a little bit with some of the things Isaiah has, is experiencing. One is the glory and, and power of God, and I, not perhaps in such a dramatic way, although it felt dramatic to me. And perhaps you've had this kind of experience. I was taking an ordinary walk in County Park, um, hike through one of the, along one of the trails. And it was not even at a particularly beautiful spot. It was in a valley by a stream where actually power lines come through, so there's more of a clearing. Some of you probably know where I'm talking about. And a wind blew. And then here's where I struggle for words to describe. I paused, and the the wind was blowing strong, and I felt something that I knew did not come from me. And I felt flowing through my body just a taste of the power of God. More than just an ordinary wind blowing. And what I understood as I'm standing, stopped in my tracks, what I understood clearly in that moment was there is no way, why there is no way that any one of us can contain or hold the power of God. Though it it can flow through us, there's no containing it. And I just had in my body an experience of that, the, the overwhelming power of the Creator. I felt uh, like with the psalmist that I was experiencing things too wonderful for me. And I had this feeling of awe and trepidation, like this God is sort of dangerous in some ways. Like Isaiah is kind of not sure. And, and I was aware of this immense power for healing that can flow through us, but will not be manipulated or controlled by us. So in a way, I, I experienced fear and trembling like Isaiah. But honestly, the kind of inadequacy to the task that I'm feeling, like Isaiah was feeling like, I don't, I don't, I can't stand in this presence. My sense of, of not being able to, to stand maybe is a little bit different, but I think it might be related. This week I received a gift. It was a deep uh, gift uh, to be invited and to spend two and a half days with 19 incredible people participating in, as you know, I think, a first run of a new training with an eye toward undoing a particular sin, a kind of alienation, a kind of separation that hurts all people. And we were calling it patriarchy. And for our purposes in our training, patriarchy was defined as a social structure, a social structure in which men hold power and domination over others, including women and non-human beings. And this definition comes from our friends up north in Canada, from the Indigenous People's Solidarity Movement in Ottawa, Ontario. 
Now, for this training, the term sexism had a slightly different meaning, and it was defined as a belief in the inherent superiority of one sex over another, over all others, and thereby its right to dominance. So if you see the distinction there, it's possible to not believe in male dominance and still participate or be caught up in, maybe unconsciously support patriarchy, or to support or participate or be caught up in social structures that give power to men over others. So back to Isaiah, I feel some of his sense of being out of his depth and in the wrong place at the wrong time. I feel afraid. Why do I feel afraid? Well, I'm afraid to talk to you about patriarchy. I'm afraid of being misunderstood. I'm afraid that my beautiful brothers will just feel chastised or blamed and then not be able to hear, and that is not my heart. I'm afraid that what I say might be confusing. I'm afraid it might not be taken seriously. I'm afraid that it might feel threatening and then just be dismissed. Does this include perhaps any of your responses or thoughts or wonderings? Just, I don't know. I also have a fear that maybe we don't have enough mutual trust for this conversation. That's a fear. I don't think it's really true. So here I am saying, who am I? Like, just like Isaiah saying, I'm toast. I, woe to me, for I am a woman of whiteness and materialism, and I live among a people with a not too distant history of male headship and women's subordination. Ah, but there is a third movement here where Yahweh takes the initiative. And a third thing that I share with Isaiah an experience of God's mercy and generosity. Though it does at times come in the form of fire, the seraph, one of the seraphim, which literally means a fiery being, flies over to him with a live coal from the altar, touches his lips. The mercy of the Holy One can be searing, but the result is that guilt is removed and sin is blotted out. And because the Creator is famous for offering another chance and another, thank goodness, God takes care of what is in the way of our yes. So I want to try to offer you just a small, tiny taste of some of the dreaming and hoping we did this week because the Spirit continues to empower us to keep dreaming the dreams of God. And when women tell the truth of their lives, and when men and women together desire to be set free from the wounds of dominating power which wound all of us, that will shake the temple pillars. And our children will see us living in greater freedom. Toward the end of our training this week, we imagined a world, dot, dot, dot. We imagined a world where sexual assault and abuse is extremely rare. We imagined a world without incarceration. And I invite you, imagine a world 
where the first thing people think of when they hear Christian is rich and poor living together as friends, family. Communities where men and women share authority and influence equally. People who don't put up with inequity or inequality among them, but give honor to people who are dishonored in other places. White Christians giving up power and position when needed to make space for people of color, especially women of color. People who help neighbors get jobs when they have a lot stacked against them. Can you imagine if these were the very first things that people thought of when they heard Christians? Wow. What would our world be if that was the case? And another experiment, just to give you a taste. Imagine that this Lord, glorious and powerful, seated on the throne in this passage, so huge that the bottom edge of the robe is filling the whole gigantic temple. Imagine this mighty Lord, shining with glory, is a black woman. A glorious, shining, powerful, majestic black woman from whose throne the business of the world is conducted. Messages are sent through prophets. Healing is given. People are empowered to live together in love and justice. What happens in you when you imagine God as female? What does it do inside of you? Some, some of you do it all the time, I'm sure. Some of you maybe don't ever think about it. But what happens? Just notice that. Maybe don't judge it just yet, but notice what happens in, in you. What would our world be like today if the Christianity that spread across the globe had in mind, for example, a powerful and queenly Ethiopian or Nigerian woman as God, when they thought of God? Would there have been less exploitation and conquering and violence in the name of that God? Would there be less domination, enslavement among us as human beings? We, we don't know. But what if the powers and principalities are, are cheering for images of a dominant and punitive God to keep us separated from one another, to, to continue that alienation? That kind of God is so easily co-opted by the empire. That's one thing we do know. But Christ is alive with power to heal and is drawing us into fullness of life with each other and with all creatures, a new creation. I'm so grateful to be among you as people who love a big vision, a beautiful vision, and that you're also people who are willing to sweat and give and plan and pray together toward making a vision a reality. I have to always think about chestnut housing and, and what a beautiful vision and what willingness to work hard and to deal with the messiness of making that into a reality both the literal mess of the demolition and the remodeling and the upkeep 
and there, but all the potential for relational messiness that comes with tenants and maybe relating with neighbors who are different from us in a lot of ways. We're good at teamwork around here and pitching in and caring for one another. And for us to continue on this road, I'm not at all implying that we're not on the road, but to continue on this road of shared power, to continue hearing more of the voices among us, to continue toward more equal and free relationships. We need each other. And and we need more than our own willingness and labor and teamwork, though we do need all those things. We need divine empowering because the principalities and powers are deeply invested in keeping people alienated from each other. And the systems that perpetuate alienation are big and they have a lot of momentum. But thanks be to God, we are children of the Most High whose being holds together all that is male and female. Mexican, German, Liberian, Puerto Rican, Chinese, Italian. This creator whose image we bear. All of us, each one of us reflecting the divine image. This creator mercifully blots out our sins and forms us into the beloved community. A family with divine capacities, ability for healing and truth-telling and mutual love. Thanks be to our Creator that in Christ there is a new creation. May we continue to say yes to the new that has come in Christ.